You know, in the uh, age of electronics, I feel like an android up here with a robot. I got, I'm hooking all my wires up and everything else. <laughs> anyway, is not God good today? Is not just God just so amazing? I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you are armed and dangerous. Amen. And it's because you are powerful. You are powerful. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. You know, the goodness of God was, was not just intended to make give you some kind of a mushy message of His faithfulness. Thank God for His love, His faithfulness, and his, the heart of His Father and His desire for us. But He wants you to know that you're a king and a priest seated together with Him in heavenly places. You are ruling. You are reigning. You are not living under the power and the snare of sin any longer. So much of the time we've heard preaching and teaching on what we need to do and we need to obey more. We need to stop sinning more and we need to fear God. All those things are important. But here's the thing that motivates the fear of God and the obedience of God and the principles of the kingdom of God. It's the grace of God. It's the love of God. How many here are in love? You know, one of the things that happens when you're in love with someone, I mean really in love, you don't want anybody else. When you're really in love, you, you, you cross this threshold where you say, you know what, I'm willing, to, I'm willing to take that commitment. I'm willing to come into a marriage agreement, come a, not, not, not a contract. I'm coming into a marriage covenant with you. I'm forsaking all others, giving myself. You see, in God, Jesus never intended for us to live a life, live a life of... Uh, where we're just getting by, getting through, just trying to make it to the end of the week. He called you to be more than conquerors. Everyone say more. more. God wants to give more. And He wants you to start thinking on the level of living like a king. Now, I know some of us have had a poverty mindset for so long. And all you think about is what you don't have and how much you've lost and how much you've failed and where you've come from and the family you came out of and all those kind of things. And the, love, the devil holds those lies over your head, not even realizing us. We don't even realize that what Satan meant for evil, God, by His grace, turns it around, upside down, uses you to build a testimony to set others free. None of you are here because of your merits. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not up here because of some college diploma. Do you know why I'm up here? Well, we all, because I'm called... I'm not up here because I'm better than you, more righteous than you. Now, yes, my life is to be blameless above reproach, and I shouldn't be wallowing like a pig in sin and those kind of things like that. But the reason I'm up here is because God has dealt a death blow. And, and, and there comes a place where ministry needs to become transparent, not about how great they are, but how They've been weak. They have not necessarily always seen things work out. But because of the Holy Spirit and by His grace, I am what I am by the grace of God. 
The Apostle Paul said, I am the least of all the saints. I'm the least of all. The le-. Have you ever thought about yourself being the least, the worst, the lesser of the least? Guess what? In God's eyes, you're the greatest candidate for usefulness. Turn to your neighbor right now and say, God's going to use you in a powerful way. See, see, see God, God, God can't use people who think they can do it in their own strength. Do you know, I, I'm going to say something. Some of you may not believe it, but I'm, I'm before the Lord. I tremble up here. I, I'm scared of you. No, not really. But sometimes you're a scary bunch to look at. I, I'm just being honest with you. I'm saying, God, if you don't give me grace, I don't know if I can look at another face. And, and, and the Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm being honest with you. I, and I'll say, you know, because I've had people say, you know, Ray, you, you, you're not afraid of nothing. Oh, yes, I am. There's times there's fear that grips me. There's issues that grip me. You know, I've got to say something, too. I, I come back to this. Uh, and by the way, I'm not going to be long today because I felt the Holy Spirit's already spoken and ministered through worship and things. So I, I, I'm not going to belabor but I, I do have some things I want to open up to. But I, I want you to notice something. For six, seven, six, seven, eight years, when I talked about this neuropathy before, it, it, it was something I, my wife, John Stanson, David, some of my family and others, I think, may have known about it. But the thing that I hated about it was this nerve medication the doctor gave me. I hated it because it made me drowsy. It was not a narcotic type thing, but it was a, a drowsy thing that just made me sluggish. And I said, God, I, I, I'm just, I, I'll be honest with you. There are times I said, okay, Lord, I'm standing on your word. I'm standing on your promises. And, and every time I kept going to the prayer and to the, the, the word of the Lord, how many of you know the word of the Lord quickens, makes alive? And the Lord began to speak to me, says, Ray, you have a choice. You have a choice. You have the choice to believe or choice to doubt. I was, when I started my fasting and prayer in January, I, I, I went to Houston. I, as January, I usually take a 21 day time. And I want to tell you something. And I had a, we had a leadership meeting after church and I, I felt the need just to be open to you guys about it to the church. I, uh, I went through, it, it was probably one of the, the most difficult fasting and prayer times I've ever had in my life. I've never come under such mental, emotional, and spiritual attack as well as in my feet. I never, I never, I call, I was calling Carol. I said, Carol, I can't believe this. You know, you know what I do is I go into a hotel lock myself in, I pull all my books out, my computers, and I'm, and, and I'm in a season of seeking the Lord. That's, that's what I do. I mean, that's, it's just kind of getting into the mountain with the Lord and you're in prayer. And, and I'm, as soon as I'm getting into this, I start getting a fluish sickness. I start getting sick. I mean, really sick to the point where I, I cut my fasting short. I said, Carol, I got to come back home. In fact, you know, I was in prayer 
But I went to the doctor. And the, you know the first thing the doctor wanted me to do? I, 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 got, I just, I'm, I'm, I, by the way, if anybody's on this type of medication, I'm not telling you to get off of it. But it, it, it made me a little upset when the doctor said, oh, Pastor Galligan, you are depressed. What do you mean I'm depressed? I'm sick. He says, no, no, no. No, you need an antidepressant. I said, I'm not touching that stuff. I will not touch. You couldn't give me Xanax. I've seen too many people on that junk, and they're shaking like this in their brains. Now, maybe somebody out there is taking it. I want to tell you something. I said, I don't need that. I need a touch from God. My doctor, our doctor, Dr. Olson, he's a Christian. He knows how we believe, we trust. He even prays with us. He's, a, he's an awesome guy. I said, I'm not taking it. And I said another thing. I don't want this nerve medication anymore. And I'm still sick. Do you know that your greatest victory is right around the corner when all hell breaks loose on you? When all hell is coming against you, I want you to realize that the devil is throwing his last piece of armament against you because he knows his end is over. And when you stand in that place of thanksgiving, I, I'm, I'm not being, God's not asking us to give thanks for the pain. But he said, Lord, I'm giving you thanks because you are the sovereign God. And this body that you redeemed, this body has been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb that is to glorify God in my body, my body, this, my feet, my body, the pain, everything in this body belongs to you. It becomes his problem, not your problem. And I stood on that, and I, I, I'm home, and I was resting in my bed. I was, in, I was in bed. And I woke up uh, early, 4.35 in the morning, one morning. And it, it, the pain usually it, it would be at night. Every night would be the worst at night. It's the worst at night. And I woke up one morning, and I woke my wife up. I said, Carol... The pain's not there. And I thought, did you take some pain medication? Or not the pain, the nerve med- medication? I said, no, I haven't taken anything. I don't, I'm not taking that stuff. And um, I said, well, <laughs> this is unbelief what I just said. I'm going to tell you what I said. It was unbelief. Maybe it's just a fluke, fluke thing. Well, 12 hours goes by. 24 hours goes by. 36 hours, four hours go by. I mean, uh, two, three, four days goes by. A week goes by. I said, Carol, the pain is gone. I can put shoes on. Some of you may not realize this, but sometimes when I come to work, I would wear these Galachi shoes. They weren't normal shoes. And it's because they're very flexible because with neuropathy, it it, it, uh, just normal shoes... But I've got shoes on. Now, I, I wear shoes every Sunday. But as soon as church was out, I'd run for my nerve medication. I did. Because standing up here hurt my feet bad. I'm not kidding you. But here's the interesting. The pain's gone. That can only be hot. 
And, and I, two questions I, I brought to the Lord. I said, Lord, what, what took you so long? I said, and the Lord, the Lord said, it wasn't me. It wasn't me, Ray. I already healed you 2,000 years ago. Healing is not something you receive. Healing is something you walk in. You walk in it. You walk and you call those things that are not as though they are. But the contradiction in my mind was, I'm still in pain. The contradiction. How many of you know that faith works against your brain? Faith works against facts. The facts that the doctor gives you. The facts of your history. But the facts are the doctor says I'm bipolar. The facts. How many of you believe we need to challenge the facts? The Bible says that Abraham obeyed. Hebrews 11. Abraham obeyed the Lord and he went out not knowing where he was going. See, a lot of us, we want a predictable, okay, God, make it, make it plain, make it clear. Okay, God, as soon as it makes sense to me, then, then I'll believe it. And that's unbelief. You see, your mind, the Bible says that the natural mind rejects the things of the Spirit of God and they are Foolishness. Everyone say foolishness. Guess what? Tell your neighbor to put on their seatbelt right now. I mean, some of you are really going to need... You're not going to need a seatbelt. You're going to need a parachute, some of you. You're going to have to get Foolish. Because God has chosen the weak and the foolish things. He's chosen the things that are not to confound the wisdom of men. So that no flesh will glory in His presence. You have no idea what He wants to do for you. The short time I was in prayer and fasting, even down there, all of this... Pain was going in my legs and my feet. I, I thought I heard, how, how many have ever heard of RLS, restless leg syndrome? I, I had those symptoms. I, it's, it's, it's hell. There's nothing else to describe. It's hell. And, and I'd call Carol at 2 in the morning, 3, and I said, Carol, I don't know how I can be down here. And here's the interesting thing. God is speaking to me. Do you know God will speak to you in your worst time? The Bible says that weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. There's a time to weep. There's a time where you 
are pressing in. You're waiting on him. They that wait upon the Lord. Waiting doesn't mean doing nothing. Some people think waiting on God. Well, I'm waiting on you. God. No, that, that's not what the word means. Waiting in the Hebrew means to wait with a sense of expectation. I'm expecting. I'm expecting him to speak. I'm expecting him to do great things. Whereof we are glad. God wants to turn our captivity. Like them that dream. Then shall they say among the unbeliever and the heathen. The Lord has done great. Where thereof they are what? Glad. Everyone say glad. Do you know how you arise and shine? Is when you begin to rejoice. When there's no reason to rejoice. But as you're rejoicing, you need to realize the powers of hell are being broken off your life in the face, in the face of adversity. I want to read you one scripture and I'm done. I had a whole different direction. Forgive me, my brother. I had a little skit. I'm going to wait till next Sunday. He knows who I'm talking about. So you just have to wait. I want you to read Philippians. Turn to Philippians 1. And I'm going to close. We're going to pray. Release you in Jesus' name. Isn't God good? He's so amazing. I want to tell you right now, the Holy Spirit impressed on me. You know, I, I, I also want to say this. I didn't say it. I forgot to say it. That... Last week, we had a leadership meeting. And I just told our, our leaders, I said, I, I'm, just, I'm tired. I was exhausted, emotionally exhausted. I just, I just had no strength. And by the way, we've got awesome leaders at New Life. We, we, we really have amazing family of leaders, great ministries, men, women. And, and the, can I say another thing about these people? They're, they're men and women of integrity. They really are. They really love God's people. But they prayed over Carol and I. Carol and I needed prayer. We, we weren't having marriage issues. But Carol and I knew that we were under some kind of an assault that we had never had before. I'm not kidding you. In the 28, I've been in ministry for 28 years. I've never gone through what I've gone through in the past 30 days. Some of you may wonder, well, man, Ray, you don't look like you're all blown out and exhausted now. It's because I'm healed. I'm delivered. You know what? I, I almost did it this morning. I, I, I restrained myself, but I almost wanted to run around the church. I, I almost did. I, I, but I, I thought, I, 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 and here's the reason. It wasn't, it wasn't to impress you. It, it, it wasn't, and I didn't want that to be my heart. But I, like David who danced before the Lord, I just, I didn't care what the 
Michaels. I started thinking about the Michael. Michael was his wife who despised him in the window, remember, when the Ark of the Presence was coming back. And I said, Lord, I just want to take off running. I just can't believe that my feet are healed. And I just, I just rejoice even right now. And uh, my doctor, Dr. Olson, he, he's, he's kind of shaking his head. He still says, Ray, I think you still need to be on your nerve medication. I said, I'm not taking it. Amen. And I'm not taking any antidepressant either. I don't need it because this body, this body here, doesn't belong to me anymore. It belongs to him. He redeemed this body. This body is going to glorify the Lord. Do you know that you have the power to let God arise in your body? And when you let Him arise, watch Him work. Watch Him work. Do you know what? I'm so tired of Christianity. You know, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. That He wants to bring Christ back into Christianity. God wants to bring fire into Christianity again. We have been so historical. We, 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 just, we, just, we come to church with, well, okay, we're going to sing our hymns and do our three points of a poem, say fellowship and hallelujah and go home. I just believe God and the, whole, the Holy Spirit just saying, Ray, I'm going to blow this place with my wind. There's a wind blow. Church, there's a wind coming in this house. That is going to be supernatural. It is going to raise up apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. God's going to touch our young people. You young people. Well, the hand of God is upon you in a way that you know, he's going to call some Esthers and some Ruths. And he's going to call some Davids. And he's going to call some Daniels. And he's going to call some of us that, that are going to have an influence. By the way, guess what? Here's an announcement. News flash, everybody. Church is not for the old fogies. You are going to dream dreams. You are going to have visions. You're going to prophesy. You're going to come up with a word of the Lord. It's not, it's not the Pastor Ray and Carol show. It's the Holy Ghost show. God's going to take children. By the way, i got to say this. I know it's kind of funny. But my granddaughter, little Reagan, she comes up to me and she hands me this note today. And she says, Grandpa, I need to give you this note. You need this note so desperately. And so I'm looking at this note trying to figure out what in the world is this note. Because it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. There's some symbols and figures on here. And I know that I know. See, I know her dad and mom are teaching her. So I said, "What? What, what did you mean?" She says, "Papa, you have bad breath." <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, thank you. I I appreciate the word. I receive the word. <laughs> I have bad breath. So now I'm not saying that we need to get up and prophesy those kind of words. But you know what? One thing, here's the thing I appreciate about my granddaughter and my grandkids. Their dads and moms are teaching them that God can speak through them. I love it when David and Kim take their kids and pray for people in the hospital. 
And guess what happens? They get healed. They're blessed. I, I loved it, Megan, when you brought your two little kids up there. I want, I want to see them up there. They're following mom and dad, and uh, you know th- this is not. Well, this is this is not for the Pope. The house of God is a church family where God wants to release. I just so enjoyed Leanne's testimony. Leanne, just thank you for sharing that word of the Lord about declaration. And, and even when God says and speaks to other people, we can take hold of that same promise for ourselves. Let me close with this verse. Philippians. Philippians at the end of chapter 1. Verse 27 through 30. Let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not... In any way. Everyone say anyway. Anyway. And not in any way. Terrified by your adversaries. Which is to them a proof of destruction and perdition. Can you say amen? amen? But to you, salvation and that from God. He is saying when the enemy comes in like a flood, guess what? It's a proof of their destruction, but it's also proof that God is working His salvation, His power, His life, and He's doing abundantly above what you could ever ask or think. God wants to take us from becoming small-minded people to large-minded, giant-killing, mountain-grabbing, promise-claiming, boat-sinking, net-breaking. God wants your mind and your heart to believe. I don't care where, if you've been in sin, if you're under bondage. By the way, just to let you know, another news flash. Wednesday night, I'm speaking on breaking strongholds. Uh, I'm going to be on, on this on Sunday, uh, Wednesday nights. I'm opening a series on breaking strongholds. And, uh, but when Paul said, in nothing we are to be terrified by our adversaries, for this is proof of their perdition. In other words, what he's saying this, the reason why you're under attack is because you've been marked by God. God has a mark on you. And that mark from God shakes hell to its roots. And Satan starts coming after you. Do you know God will never give you more than you can handle? And some of us think, well, yeah, but I'm so weak. No, you're not. You've convinced yourself that you think you're weak. No, you're not. You're abundantly above and you are able to do all things in Christ which strengtheneth you. In fact, not only does God put a weapon in your mouth and a weapon in your hand, but He gives you a testimony and your light is going to shine and people are going to come. Isaiah 61 says, Arise and shine 
for your light, the revelation, the knowledge of Jesus has enveloped you in such a way that people come to the arising of your shining. What, what, is, what are you shining? What, what does that mean? Does it mean we're singing better? Does it mean that, well, praise God, I got a better job? And a, that has nothing to do with those things. It has to do with the fact that your declaration, your testimony, your life is so amazingly attractive and there's such a beauty on your life. It's Jesus, the persona, the life of Jesus coming through you. People are attracted to you because of Jesus. You know what? There's so many people in this church that personify Jesus. I'm so proud of you. I also want to say in closing, God loves you more than you can know. His plans and His purpose is to give you a future and a hope. You need to remember that He is good. He's a good God. He's a good God. Can you say amen? Stand to our feet. Let's stand to our feet. You know, I didn't even preach my message. Praise God anyway. I guess it's the thing of things to come. Could you just take one another by the hand? We're a body today. Just... I know our time is gone, but I Jesus said that as we abide in Him and He in us, He says you'll bear much fruit. And every branch that abides in me, He prunes that it may bring forth more fruit. Some of you have been being pruned. He's not disciplining you. He's not hurting you. What he's doing, he's producing, he's bringing strength. He's putting something supernatural in your life. He loves you tenderly. He loves you so deeply. Last night I was in the sanctuary here and I was just in prayer. I felt the Lord's heart break. He said, I want them to know I've never left them and I've never forsaken them. I never left them. Somebody needed to hear that. Father, we just thank you for one another. We thank you that our adversaries and the assaults of the enemy are proof of their perdition, but to us, our salvation. Lord, you've healed us. You've saved us. You delivered us. Lord, you're restoring our youth like an eagle. You're restoring our bodies. You're making us whole. Father, we just want you. We just want you.
Go ahead and let go of your hands. Maybe this morning you may just say, Pastor Ray, I've grown up in church and I've had a taste of religion, but I don't know Jesus as my personal Savior. I don't know. I don't have a walk with God. And I want to serve the Lord. That's you this morning. I want you to raise your hand. Anyone? I don't know Jesus. I don't know Him at all. I'm going to ask one more question. Maybe this morning you can say this, Pastor Ray, I want the fire of God in my life. I've become lukewarm, and I need that fire to ignite my spirit once again. I'm going to lay hands on you. There's going to be an impartation. If you want that, I want you to come right now. You feel that you've just become lukewarm. It doesn't mean you're in gross sin. But you need the fire of God. I want you to come right now. I need my leaders. I need my leaders with me. I need fire. In fact, I want everyone to say this. I need fire. John the Baptist says, I come to baptize you with the water, but there comes one mightier than I will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Fire. The fire of purity. The fire of his presence. The fire of his love, passion, life. Congregation, I want you to extend your hand right now. I'm going to lay hands on these people. Father, we come. We pray, Holy Spirit, the fire of God will fall. We open our hearts to receive your spirit. Suddenly, let it come with fire separating the chaff from the wheat Lord transforming us into your likeness for our God is a consuming fire a fire that burns yet does not consume a fire that overwhelms a fire that begins to set me ablaze, that opens the Word of God, that opens my mouth, that opens my heart, that begins to transform my vision and transform my life and my conversation. A fire, oh God, that begins to change the direction of my life. A fire that begins to consume me from the root, from the inside out. Father, we receive... We receive 
touch us with holy fire. You said your anointing breaks every yoke. In Jesus' name. 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 The Lord is doing a work. The Lord's reaching deep. Every wall is coming down. I'm putting you together. I'm blending your hearts. And the Lord has tender compassion, tender mercy. He loves you deeply. He comes to let you know that you are a new man of God. You're a new man. Like Peter, sifted like wheat, but now you're baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. I want everyone to speak in tongues right now. Start speaking in tongues. That's it. Father, we thank you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I have a scripture, and then I'm releasing you. It was the woman with the issue of blood. She said this, if I could but just touch the hem of his garment. It says that she said to herself. How many of you know we need to talk to ourselves? She said to herself, if I could just touch, I will be made well. My faith needs to be reaching. Some of us have been watching and just standing. Jesus wants you to reach out and touch the hem of his garment. She had the determination. That's what faith does. Faith is not stagnant. It presses through. Everyone say, press. I'm going to press through the pity, the sin, the condemnation. I'm pressing through walls. I'm pressing through the doubts. I'm pressing through the lies. I'm pressing through the demonic bombardment. I'm pressing through all of the arguments and the strongholds and the principalities. I'm pressing. And I'm going to touch the hem 
of his garment. Greater things. Greater. God says to them that believe, greater works shall you do. There's a great, there's a great thing happening. Something great is coming. Everyone say it's coming. Say it again. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming, oh man of God. It's coming. It's coming. It's not by might. It's coming. I'm coming to shake. I'm coming to move. I'm coming by my spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Well, Pastor Ray, you're getting all excited. That's right. You haven't seen nothing yet. Praise God. Turn to someone. Give them a hug. Be blessed. If anyone wants to come down for prayer, love you. Pond5.com.